You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 287, A Snapshot of the Church in 2020. So here's a question for you. What is going on in the church in the year 2020? I mean, obviously this has been a crazy year. You know, COVID started shutting things down in March, and and this is not just a, an American thing. This is a, a worldwide thing. I had two trips that I was supposed to take this year that have been postponed because of this, two international trips. Um, I've talked to pastors in many other places and just kind of heard what they're going through. And um, this, is a, this is a worldwide phenomenon. And I want to just kind of explore a little bit on how this is affecting the church. You know, some churches are closed. Some are still closed. Uh, some are open. Many churches are starting to open back up now. But everything looks very, very different. In Atlanta, one mega church, one of the biggest churches in America, actually, is closed for the rest of the year. They announced that back several months ago, that they would not be having services for the rest of the year, even though the governor said that churches can reopen as long as they practice social distance, mask, you know, best practices. Um, another mega church near near where, where we live, where we're located in, outside of Atlanta, uh, you know, they've reopened as soon as the governor gave the directive saying that they could open back up. They were one of the first churches to open and, you know, start getting people back into the building. So there's a wide, wide disparity of the way churches are handling this, which means there's a wide disparity in the way leaders and leadership teams are handling this. Now, I want to make some comments. I want to kind of throw some thoughts out there. And Part of where I'm coming from today, there's an article by uh, a man named David Kinneman, and David Kinneman is the head of the Barna Research Group. Um, the Barna Group is, if you've never heard of them, they are probably the premier church research organization. They uh, follow trends and study trends and patterns in churches, uh, specifically in America, but all over the world as well. And they're usually on the cutting edge of knowing, um, you know, the direction of the church, knowing what's happening, and knowing um, what the results of some of these trends are going to be. So they're a very, very reputable group, and uh, they've published a number of books. And you can Google the Barna Group and, and see what I'm talking about. But um, the, in the Christian Post Reporter back in August, uh, and I'm recording this um, at the end of uh, September, but this is back in August. Uh, the article was uh, by Michael Grabowski, and I'm going to include a link to this article so you can read it for yourself. But the, the title of the article is, One in Five Churches Facing Permanent Closure Within 18 Months 
due to COVID-19 shutdowns. This is from the Barna president. Now, that's kind of a a crazy headline to say that 20%, one in five of all churches are going to face permanent closure within 18 months. That's crazy. Um, And so I read the article, and then I read it again, and I've studied it, and I've kind of, you know, talked to some people and just kind of thought thought it through. And I, I can definitely understand how they came to the conclusions that they came to. And I'm going to kind of um, uh, work through kind of where they're coming from. The thing we have to remember when we're talking about the church, and whether we're talking about the church in the U.S. or the church worldwide, uh, in the U.S., depending on, on what data you get, you're going to see the average number of churches, the average number of people in churches, is 75 to 100, and that's in the U.S., internationally, all around the world. Anywhere from 75 to 100, depending on the data that you get. So so I think it's safe to say that the average church worldwide is probably 100 or less. Well, when you start talking about how COVID has affected the church worldwide, these smaller churches are going to be hit the hardest. I mean, that just makes sense. So I can definitely understand when we start looking in that context how this can affect us. But even if we go to that next level, the churches of, of two to three hundred or even bigger than two to three hundred, um, you know, getting into the mid-sized churches, uh, even talking to some of those pastors, they're seeing <clears throat> some some uh definitely concerning results as well. They've, they've been concerned as they've opened, back, opened their doors back up um, at the smaller number of attendants, the, the smaller amount of giving, and, you know, some, some definite issues. Now, because they're bigger, they're able to absorb that a little bit more and get refocused, but it's still very concerning as a pastor when you've been apart for six or seven or eight months, and now you're starting to open back up, and um, you know, people aren't necessarily rushing back in the doors. And there's there's some reasons for this, and I want to talk talk through, um, you know, some of the conclusions they come to in this article and some other things that I've noticed. So don't go away. Before we jump in, I'm going to give you uh, four thoughts on, on why this, this article really does make sense on one in five churches closing. But before we do that, I want to let you know this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my newest book, Storm Clouds Rising. Storm Clouds Rising is a fast-paced uh, novel, a uh, lot of action, a lot of thrills, and, and I think you'll really enjoy it. If you just need something to just kind of uh, take your mind off all the craziness and you just want a little entertainment, pick up Storm Clouds Rising. Um, some political espionage, some intrigue, uh, lots of lots of you know good old fashioned you know shootouts and dealing with terrorists and dealing with bad guys and some romance and you know it's just it's just a fun story. In fact, um, reading some of the reviews that are starting to come in, that's kind of what um, uh, I think the guy who wrote the very first review on this book on Amazon said. This was a fun read. Well, check it out. You can go to go to Amazon, click on the link, go to Amazon, you can read the first chapter or so for free, get, get a feel for it, see if you like it, and then click the link to buy. I, I know you'll love it and I'd appreciate it. All right, well, let's jump back in. So we're talking about 
a snapshot of the church in 2020 and why uh, the Barna Group says that, you know, potentially 20% of all churches could close down. Well, first of all, finances. We kind of touched on that, but they actually gave, gave some hard data. They said that in the Methodist church, in the month of April, giving dropped 26%. Now, of course, this is at the height. This is, you know, really when the, the, the COVID thing had started and churches were shutting down all across America. So it had only been going for a couple of months and, and donations were down 26%. And at the time this article was written, that was the, the latest data that they had. Um, another study showed that uh, an NAE st- study or survey, and that's the National Association of Evangelicals, they did a survey of 1,000 churches and found that 34% of the churches reported a decline of 20% or more. 20% or more. So, you know, the financial hit, especially on smaller churches, is very, very significant because if you've got to pay the rent, that's a big deal. And then if you move into international churches, it even becomes more magnified. Talking to a, to a pastor friend um, in another country, struggling to pay their rent, trying to decide, do we keep our building or do we let it go? And that's a big question because if you let it go, you're start almost in a sense having to start over because you have to go find another place and then refit it and pay deposits and it's a it's a complicated situation if you've already got a good location, but but many churches are in this this situation where they're struggling to pay their rent. Another reason that uh, the Barna Group predicts that churches. Um, uh, many churches may actually close their doors, is the relationships aren't as deep as the people thought. You know, isn't that interesting? Because we think of, you know, church being a place of community, and we think of church being a place where, you know, it's our family, and these are the people that we're doing life with. But, you know, in some cases, and in many cases, that's just not true. And we're seeing this, and pastors are talking about this, and leaders are talking about this. The fact that, um, you know, people have, when the doors of the church closed, the, the loss that some of these people felt really wasn't that great. Now, what I'm hearing in my own personal church, here, here it's, it's C3 Church here in uh, Lawrenceville, Georgia, near Atlanta, it was just the opposite. What people are posting on social media, get, man, when are we going back to church? Man, I miss everybody. What what are we going to do? When can we come back together? Now that we've come back together, it's always funny on Sundays because nobody wants to leave. Um, because of social distancing and best practices, um, the, the lobby right after church, which is normally where people hang out, is closed, but we have a large patio outside and, and in the parking lot, and, and people are just standing out there talking for 30, 45 minutes or an hour after the services because there's such a, a community feeling, but that's not the same. It's not like that everywhere. It's not like that everywhere. People are just not... Um, missing the relationships because the relationships just didn't exist. They went to church to tick off something, to tick a box off, to go to church to say, hey, I went to church to worship God. And and listen, it's great to go to church to worship God. That's huge. But we also go for community. Community is such an important element in um, 
in our worship experience, in going to church, in being part of a family, of being part of a Christian community, a Christian family, where we have relationships. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, talk about that more in a minute. Another reason is that, that, that churches may end up shutting down is because people just drift away. They get out of the habit. And we've seen this to some degree. I've talked to other pastors who said the same thing, that, you know, uh, people that had been a part of their church who had been serving in different capacities and doing different things, when, when it was time to open back up, they're nowhere to be found. I mean, I've had people serving on some of my teams that I've sent texts to that wouldn't answer me, or I'd call and they wouldn't answer. And just, you know, it's it, it's crazy. And, and uh, you know, the, 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 this idea of just drifting away. Nobody says, hey, I want to get out of the habit of, of being a part of the church. I want to get out of the habit of connecting with God and connecting with His people. But because we haven't been together in so long, yeah, it just kind of... It just kind of happens. We get out of the habit. We drift away. We start doing other things. And then even the last one, we talk about online services. And online services are great. But, you know, it's even easy to get out of the habit of that. Um, you know, our, our online services have been wonderful when we were unable to meet. But even there, you can watch the numbers just kind of start declining a little bit as people just start getting out of the habit. Now, the reality is you will have more people attending online services even after their church has reopened. That's one of the things that this study shows. Um, that's one of the things that pastors seem to be seeing is there are many people, and, and for a variety of reasons. For some people, they don't feel comfortable because of the whole COVID situation, and so they would rather stay home and attend online services. We've got a number of um, older people in our church that are more high risk, who, who feel more comfortable staying home watching the online service. At the same time, we've got some people who are high risk and older who have been there every Sunday since we've opened. So it's, 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 it's an interesting contrast. Um, but, you know, maybe people who, who live farther away um, just don't want to get up and drive the 30 or 45 minutes or an hour to go to church. And because they feel a connection to your church, um, they would rather go online. Now, are they participating? Are they giving? Well, that's another issue, but the reality is more people are going to attend online services. Another study actually showed that people who attend online services frequently attend several. So they may not actually be committing to your church. They may just be attending online service and it may be attending two or three others as well. Now the question comes, are they actually sowing? Are they actually giving to support any of those works? That's, a, that's an interesting question because, as we said, finances comes into play. Um, the very first point we mentioned was finances and the fact that you know giving has tended to fall off in many cases because people aren't there in person. So what can we do? What can we do to protect our church? What can you do to protect your church? What can we do? What can we learn from, from this crisis of 2020 to, to move forward in the future? Listen, we know the church is the, the hope of the world. We know that the church is God's idea. We know that Jesus said, I will build my church. And we know the church is not going away, but there's also... Um, we do need to understand that this is a time of shaking. 
And, you know, people, some people are just kind of being, being shaken and, 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 and they're not responding well and they're not coming back. But what can we do to really take these four things we mentioned and maybe provide an antidote? Well, the first one we talked about was finances. People um, stop stop giving or because maybe they're not technologically advanced, they're not giving um, online and you know, they'll write a check and just hold on to it, or they won't write a check, or they'll say they'll catch up at other time. What can we do? Well, listen, as leaders, we need to help our people to learn the importance of giving. It should be a habit whether we're in church in person or not. For so many people in our church, it was just normal to keep giving because it's part of our lives. We get paid, we give a tithe, if we're giving to the building fund, whatever it is. We consistently kept giving. And that was even a part of our online services. We would have that offering moment. We would have that that moment of giving where we would encourage people to give electronically. And we make it very easy to do so on our website or through our app. So we need to teach people um, the importance of giving. We need to help them create the habit. And then, you know, technology. Um, I was amazed that when this crisis started, when churches started shutting down, how many churches had no um, opportunity for their people to give online. And I've got friends in, in, in the industry who, who that's what they do is they help churches give online. And, and, and finding out that some of these companies were swamped with pastors calling them going, hey, we need help. We need to, you know, set something up. And so, um, you know, for those kinds of companies who help churches give online, this was a bonanza for their business. But, uh, but it's important as churches that we make it as easy as possible for people to give. Provide multiple ways for them to give, and it makes it easier to create the habit. We also talked about the fact that relationships aren't so, as deep as people thought. And so when the church shut the doors, it was easy for people to, to just you know drift away and not come back. So what are we doing? What are we doing? How are we building connections in our people? I'm always amazed when, when someone will visit our church and talk about how friendly we are. And they might mention another church in the area or some other place they visited where they would go and visit and not a single person would speak to them. Um, I was actually working with a church here in Atlanta as a consultant a while back. And, um, and I thought, well, let me, let me just show up on a Sunday and kind of see what it's like. And I was stunned because no one, I mean, obviously the greeter standing at the door said hello as I came in. But then after that, no one, no one in the congregation said a word. No one said, hey, how are you? I don't recognize you. Are you visiting? It's good to have you with us. And it wasn't a big church. I mean, this is probably 100 folks or less. And not a single person came up and welcomed me or thanked me for being there. I was amazed. And yet this is the kind of thing that happens day in, day out, Sunday in, Sunday out, because our people aren't trained to to be friendly and outgoing and to create connections. And so, you know, another idea for creating these relationships is um, what does your small group system look like? What does your connect system look like? Because even when church shut down, we were still meeting digitally. Um, we were having online services and then small groups, connect groups, were still meeting in an online format, usually Zoom or um, Google Hangouts or something like that. Now, obviously, face-to-face is better, but to still maintain that sense of connection, 
to maintain these relationships. And then as, as COVID restrictions started to loosen up a bit, people started getting together again, you know, maybe having a meal, maybe going to a park and hanging out and, you know, keeping that distance between them if that's what they felt comfortable with. But, but either way, if we don't build these relationships when things are good, when things are bad, things fall apart. You know, if we don't build the connections when, when, when the weather's good, then when the storm comes, we see people just drift apart. And again, that's the this this article. I encourage you to read it. Check it out. It's it's definitely something to be concerned about. Not fearfully, not to to worry, but obviously as leaders we want to address issues that have the potential to harm churches. And so building these relationships, making sure a system is in place to develop and to create um, deep meaningful relationships, deep, meaningful connections within the church are what is going to help us weather the storms when they come. And trust me, this was this was 2020. We had COVID. We've had racial tensions. We've had all kinds of crazy stuff this year. But let's not be fooled. We'll have other storms. I mean, I'm hoping 2021 is an easier year. But listen, reality is there'll be other storms that come. Other storms will pop up. And let us use this time to prepare ourselves for the next one. And then, you know, we talked about drifting away, how people just drift away and get out of the habit of being in church, um, especially people that are involved. I mean, I'm talking to so many of our team leaders in, in church, and they're just talking about people who, who were serving, you know, once or twice a month, and now they won't even return a call. How do we do this? Well, obviously, with online services, um, it's easy to get out of the habit because they don't really depend on me. You know, they don't need me to be there to help make coffee. They don't need me to be there to help greet people. They don't need me to be there to help take up offerings or, you know, whatever it'll, you know, work in the kids' ministry or whatever else it is. So, so what can we do to counter this thing of people drifting away? Well, really, this kind of goes back again to the connection thing. This goes back to the relationships. If the relationships are there, it's going to be much harder for people to drift away. And as we start coming back together, as churches start opening their doors, we need to really start working and and connecting with these folks and just letting them know how much we need them and how important they are as we really, I hate to say start over, but in a sense we are. We're having to build momentum again and get going again. So definitely something to think about. And then we talked about more people attending online services so that when church doors open, there's fewer people in the building. And in some cases, as we mentioned, many people are attending multiple online services. So what do we do? How do we get people back into the building? Well, first of all, we make them feel safe. This is so important in this day and age. We want people to feel safe. How do we do that? Well, we practice best health and safety practices. Um, we ask people to wear masks. Uh, I hate wearing masks, but you know what? If it makes people feel comfortable in coming back to church, then we wear masks. We disinfect it between services. We clean everything. We wipe surfaces down. We keep the bathrooms clean. Um, we just recently opened the cafe back up where people can get coffee, and even that, they're using um, really 
great safety guidelines to, to, to keep people safe in doing that. They just opened the kids' ministry back up, and they've got a very uh, stringent way of, of, of keeping everything clean between services and wiping everything down and spray it, you know. If that's what it takes to get people back in the building, then by all means. And then, of course, we're taking people's uh, temperature at the door. And, um, you know, and some of this stuff, you know, people might say, well, that seems extreme. But, you know, in 2020, not many people are saying that's extreme. Most people are going, okay, that's what we have to do now. So getting people back into the building, that's one thing, making people feel safe. And then also, we go back to the relationship thing. If there haven't been relationships really created when the weather's good, when there's no storm, when everything's fine, when there's no virus, then getting people back in the door might even be a little harder. But if we've created those relationships when the weather's good, when there's no virus, then it's going to be, uh, people are going to be much more inclined to get back into the building. This past Sunday, um, you know, I had two or three different situations where it was uh, the, the, the lady's first time back in church. And you know, over the last few weeks, I've seen this over and over again, and where, you know, they just cried. Um, you know, I've just seen, and even, even in some cases, the men too, but just seeing people cry during the service, not because they're sad, but because they're happy to be back, and they sense God's presence, being back with their friends, their family, but also being able to come in and worship together. Very, very important. So let's work on getting people back into the building. So, I'm going to stop here. I'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts on this important subject as we look at a snapshot of the church in 2020? Take a look at this article. See what you think. If you have anything to add, feel free to um, go to the go to my website, davidspell.com. Leave a question or comment in the comment section for this post. And while you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so we can stay in touch. The blog will just come right into your inbox along with the podcast. So, friends, uh, we'll probably be talking more about this as we go along, but uh, feel free to reach out if there's anything we can help you or help your church with as we navigate during these difficult times. And we'll see you next week on Leading and Learning.